1: Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome back to another episode of Let's Ride. I'm your host, Jeff Hartman, here. And it is a Monday podcast, and it's a Monday, Wednesday, Friday podcast here on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com's podcast platform. But it's not just a Monday. It's a victory Monday, Saturday night. Hines Field, the Pittsburgh Steelers, in front of about 45,000 fans for a preseason game. That's incredible. You can tell fans are all jacked up to get football. They've got that hunger for football People in Pittsburgh, I mean, think about it. I mean, they've literally gone from disappointment with the Pittsburgh Penguins, the Pirates are awful, yes, they're in rebuild mode, no one wants to go to those games, they have just been waiting for football to return. Everyone's thinking about the last time the Steelers played at Heinz Field, which we don't want to talk about, that Browns playoff game was a dud, it was dreadful, everyone is excited for this season and they came out I got to give the fans credit they came out in numbers 45,000 strong and the Steelers beat the Detroit Lions 26 to 20 on Saturday night it was a great game it was fantastic and There's a lot to talk about. There's a lot to dissect, and we are going to get into all that. We're going to talk winners and losers in the second half of this segment. I've got a really interesting, I I guess I shouldn't say interesting, but the way I want to end the show tonight I feel like is appropriate after a video that I saw. It's kind of gone viral from Heinz Field. We'll talk about that at the end of the show, so stay tuned. Don't leave early. You don't want to miss it. But I I want to talk about all of this stuff, and I want to dissect what this means and the, the win over the Lions, but not just the win, but how they did it. We're going to get into all that. Before we get into that, I want to make sure you remember that BehindTheSteelCurtain.com is your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. My goodness, we have everything that you could want after this game. We have the grades. I've got my winners and losers column going out Monday morning. Um, but I'm not used to a Saturday game. This is different, so we're kind of stretching our content out a little bit. Uh, we have film breakdowns coming from both Jeffrey Benedict and Kevin Smith, uh, we have the stock report from Shannon White. I mean, you name it. We've got it. Dave Schofield's got a lot of good stuff coming from Pro Football Focus and their grades and how they viewed the game. So whether you like it or not, in terms of Pro Football Focus grades, we're gonna have it for you. We have everything, so make sure you check it out early and often. We're gonna have multiple. We're gonna have updates on that site multiple times during the day. So like I always tell people when they ask, like, how often should I check? You should check in the morning. Check at lunch. And check in the afternoon because there will be fresh content every single time you visit. Also, BehindTheSteelCurtain.com is like the hub. An extension off of that would be none other than our podcast platform. And we are growing. If you haven't checked out the new shows, whether it's the Steelers Power Half Hour, whether it's what Yin's talking about, the Cutting Room Floor, the War Room, uh, the Fantasy Football Fix, all of those shows only on our audio side. Only on our audio side, and I know that everyone that's listening to my show knows all about it, but in case you just stumbled upon this podcast, find us wherever you get your podcasts. Search Steelers or Behind the Steel Curtain. Subscribe, follow. Do whatever you have to do so that you do not miss a thing, because not only that, we have Mike Tomlin Recap Podcast. We have Injury Report Podcast coming up. We have so much stuff there. Is it a tremendous, a tremendous podcast platform. Extremely proud of the work we've done in that arena, so make sure you check it out. All right, let's get right to this. The, the victory on Saturday night. Like I said, we're going to get into winners and losers in the second part of the show, so stay tuned. I'm going to dive into those. Uh, but I want to talk about some stuff about this game first. Uh, I want to get some stuff out there and kind of talk this through. This is very therapeutic for me in a lot of ways. If you haven't figured that out yet, in case you're, if you're someone that's been listening going on the second season of Let's Ride being a show, then you'll understand why this is very therapeutic for me. The Steelers starters. We saw the starters take the field, and a lot of them, for the very first time in 2021 in the exhibition season. We're talking Ben Roethlisberger. That's who everyone's talking about. We're talking about also Zach Banner getting his first reps. We're talking about uh, Cam Hayward. We're talking about Tyson Alulu, Joe Hayden, Minka Fitzpatrick. All these players... Those are some big-name players, people. Those are some really big-name players are getting their very first taste of live on-game field action against a team that's not their teammates. It's not against the starters uh, on the other side wearing black and gold. In this case, it was the Detroit Lions. And so when the starters went on the field, I talked about this on Friday, the expectation is not that they go out and win, because we know that doesn't matter, but the expectation was for them to go out there and play and perform in a certain way. And what I mean by that is that they go out and play and perform in a way that is dominant. I don't think anyone that follows the National Football League would consider Detroit to be a Super Bowl contending team, even if Jared Goff played on Saturday night, which he did not. I don't think anyone's going to sit there and say, well, Detroit's going to be pretty good. Will they win some games? I think they'll win some games. Are they 0-17 bad? I don't think they're that bad. Are they going to struggle? I think they're going to struggle. And so the one thing that I keep on thinking about is even if it was their backups, and for the majority, it was their backups. It was Detroit's backups. I wanted the Steelers on both sides of the football with their starters to make it look like It was starters against backups, and you know what they did? They did just that. They went out, and they dominated, whether it was 20 points scored in the first half by the offense, or it was the zero points surrendered on the defensive side. I know that there's fans out there, and they watch things like the first Detroit drive, the first Detroit drive, they, they had a nice completion. They had a nice run up the middle, and they were getting chunks of yardage. And Immediately, I guarantee you there were fans that were thinking, oh my gosh, what's going on? Then the Steelers settled down, and after that, I don't think they gained another first down until maybe, maybe, the late portion of the second quarter, if not, not until the third quarter. And so they definitely buckled down. They kind of tightened up the screws, so to speak, and they looked dominant. That's exactly what I wanted to see. And they did it. They did it. So I was really happy to see that. And not only that, you know, Dave Schofield, if you haven't listened to his uh, Stat Geek podcast from last week, last Thursday morning, that's when his Stat Geek podcast runs. I really enjoyed this last episode where he talked about how the Steelers have basically been the tale of two halves. Like, it's a team with two halves. And if you go back to Dallas in the Hall of Fame game, Steelers played mediocre, uh, we'll say that, mediocre to average in the first half, and then they play well in the second half. And then in the against Philadelphia, it was a very similar story. Mediocre to average in the first half and play well in the second half. So they're pulling out these victories, but it really just shows that the Steelers' depth is better than the opposition's depth. And so now, everyone, myself, Dave, who would mentioned this on his Stat Geek podcast, we were saying, we want to see the Steelers start better. We want to see the Steelers actually win the first half. And they did that. I just talked about it. 20 points scored, zero points surrendered in the first half. The Steelers starters, which by the way, they stayed in the game a lot longer than I thought they would. If you think back to last week when I gave you all exactly what I would do in terms of if I was the coach, how would I deploy the starters, here's what I said, mind you. Here's what I said. And I don't have the snap counts in front of me, uh, but still, I said the defensive line, the starters like Cam Hayward and them, it was up to one quarter. Well, they played about a quarter. Some of them played even longer. The outside linebackers, Melvin Ingram played almost a half. Alex Highsmith the same. Inside linebackers, I think I saw Showbert in the third quarter. Which I don't mind. I don't mind that. I had suggested, though, they just play up to a quarter. In terms of cornerbacks in the secondary, I said up to a quarter. Minka played about a quarter. I don't think he played too much. Uh, But Edmonds played a lot longer when he blew up that screen. I believe that was in the second half. On offense... I said I wanted the tight ends and the wide receivers to play up to a full quarter. Eric Ebron, he was playing into the second half. Juju Smith-Schuster got lit up. Well, I wouldn't say lit up. He got hit hard. He caught the ball, turned, and he got. It was a safety that came up, made the tackle, and he went to the blue tent. I think he's okay. But that was in the third quarter. I'm watching the game, thinking, why is Juju Smith-Schuster still in this game? What does he have to prove? What in the heck is going on? I didn't get that at all. Roethlisberger played three drives. I had it suggested it too. I'm not shocked that he played three, considering the first drive was essentially a three and out. Yes, it was a three and out, but it was the Chooks of core for false start to start the game, and then it finished with the Eric Ebron drop. I'll get into all that a little bit later in the second half. Uh, Najee Harris played about a quarter, which was expected. The offensive line, again, I think Zach Boehner was credited for 12 snaps that I saw, uh, and so he didn't play a bunch. That could be a, a sign for concern if you're thinking... He's only played 12 snaps this preseason. He didn't play in the previous two weeks. So if he has only played 12 snaps, is he going to be ready for a full game? Or are they going to supplement him with Dan Moore to get him acclimated? I don't know. That's something to watch, by the way. But still, if you look at what I suggested, there were a lot of positions that the Steelers went above and beyond what I suggested. And I thought that some of the things that I was suggesting was a little aggressive. When I said the offensive line could play up to a half, I'm thinking there's no way they're going to play those guys for an entire half, and yet Kendrick Green was in there for the whole first half. I'm not mad, but the one thing that I do think that's going to happen when we're talking about the starters and things like that, the one thing I can see is that the Pittsburgh Steelers are not going to play a lot of their starters the next week. Friday night, they go to Carolina to finish up the preseason in week three, and that's it. And I I don't think they're going to play Ben Roethlisberger. I would be stunned. I think this is going to be a Dwayne Haskins slash Joshua Dobbs, Mason Rudolph game. Um, I, I don't think there's going to be a lot of starters playing at all. It just had that feel where they were getting everyone that they felt wanted or needed to get repetitions, plenty of reps. Uh, something that we talked about on the BTSE Slack channel was, Where was Buddy Johnson? He didn't play based on the fact that they gave Spillane and Marcus Allen almost the entire second half as the inside linebacker duo. And my guess is that they want to see what they have. They want to see, you know, Marcus Allen, does he have a spot on this team? Does he have a role? Or is he just a special teams guy? Because if he's just a special teams guy, do you need to waste a roster spot on him? That's probably what they're trying to figure out. But we didn't get to see a lot of a guy like Buddy Johnson. So, uh, and we saw a lot of again Spillane issues in coverage. Not shocked. That's nothing new. The Steelers probably are going to really empty their benches next week. So keep that keep on the lookout for that. I guess the one thing that also kind of bothers me about the game. So Roethlisberger comes out. I just mentioned the first drive. Three plays, punt, great punt by Presley Harvin, by the way. 50-yard boomer, great hang time, one to two-yard return. That's what I love to see. But still, there were fans like, oh, here we go again. Here we go again. Whether they were arguing about the pre-snap penalty, the inability to run the ball, the drop by Ebron. And I guess I kind of asked the question, I want to ask the fans the question, it's like, what What exactly are you expecting and what exactly do you want? If you ask me, and I think anyone that watched the game, even if you watched it in replay, if you watched the game, the one thing I can't get through my mind is, like, what What more do you want? So yeah, the first drive wasn't pretty. It started poorly. It ended poorly. Great punt by a big press. And then the defense gets the ball back, and they score, boom, two good drives right down the field, finished with Pat Fryermuth touchdowns, Roethlisberger's day is done. If you ask me, Or if you would have asked me, Hey Jeff, Ben's going to play on Saturday night. He's going to finish with three drives. He's going to have two scoring drives. Uh, He's clean, like no sacks. Well, you happy with that? I'd say, yeah. that's That's a good starting point for this team and the offense and Matt Canada system. Let's keep our expectations for the preseason where they should be. And that is no injuries. Staying away from the big injury. That is... You know, keeping Ben upright and all those things, it's really, really important that we all understand that it's not going to be perfect. It's never going to be perfect. But at the same time, some people's expectations just seem like they're through the roof for these players' first time on the field. The last thing I want to talk about before we go to our first break after last night's, I'm I'm sorry, not last night, Saturday night's, I keep thinking the game was Sunday. After Saturday night's performance, does it change your outlook? for the 2021 season. And it has nothing to do with the win. It's about the starters and how they played. And let's keep in mind also that on the defensive side of the ball, they were still without Stephon Tuitt and still without TJ Watt. So if you're wondering, like, yeah, the defense was kind of mediocre at times, you didn't like something, they're still not at 100% in terms of every single player being available. So with that in mind, does it change your outlook? Does it change your outlook and so I actually went onto Twitter and I asked my followers I said so in in your opinion after the performance do you feel like this changed your outlook on the season so I gave three options one option was <clears throat> excuse me they'll be better so in other words after the the victory and the way that they performed on Saturday night the Steelers will actually be better than what we thought going into that game The other option was they will be about the same. And then the third option is they will stink. (laughs) There's always those people that are just, either they they do it just to click on it or I don't know. Had over a 1,000 votes. Hasn't been up that long. Only a few hours at the moment of this being recorded. And at the time, 58.9% of people that voted said that they think that after that game, on Saturday night against Detroit, that the Steelers will be better in 2021 than what they thought so something happened whether it was offensively most of most, I guarantee you is offensively they did something the Steelers th- that is did something that they were like wow this team could actually be pretty good maybe it was Najee Harris catch and run maybe it was Ben Roethlisberger showing some arm strength with a pass to Deontay Johnson down the field maybe it was the fact that they were able to run the ball a little bit uh, I don't know I don't know Uh, about the same as 37.9%. So 37.9% of people said that their expectations haven't really changed too much. They're about the same. And then, of course, there's the 3.1% that said they're going to stink. Of course, there's those 3.1% that say they're going to stink. So for me, I think that my expectations aren't really changed at all. I thought that the Steelers team is a double-digit win team before the preseason even started. That was my prediction. I thought that they could at least win 10, 11, maybe even more games than that. And what they're doing right now is they're validating what I thought when we started this whole process. They're validating the fact that, okay, when I look at this team now, I see a team that it could do some damage, that is going to be more competitive even in this tough schedule than maybe we thought if they can stay healthy. And that's a huge if. We always know that. But still, think about that. Have your expectations changed. Tough question. That's a tough question. But I'll tell you what. We're going to talk winners and losers right when we get back from this bake, as well as a finish that's – got to get something off my chest. It's kind of embarrassing, not for me, for Heinz Field. We'll talk about it. Stay tuned. Don't go.
0: Hello. It is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing?
1: All right, Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome back to the second half of Let's Ride. I'm your host Jeff Hartman. You should know who I am by now if you just listened to the first half of the stinking show. But still, I want to also mention—I totally forgot this at the beginning of the show—that this Tuesday, the Pittsburgh Steelers have to trim their roster from 85 to 80. Now, last week, my buddy Dave Schofield, editor at Behind the Steel Curtain, I'm the senior editor; he's the editor, whatever. Um, we had—we came up with a list. Let's do our predictions. And based on the fact that the game this week was on Saturday, I'm still doing my winners and losers. That was different than what we did the the previous week because the games were on Thursday, yada, yada, yada. Anyways, it's all minutia. I was like, Dave, my predictions were so bad, I don't want to do it again. (laughs) I will definitely be doing a 53-man roster-like projection. I'll probably do that with Dave, actually, because when you think about it, when the Steelers play Friday next week, when they come back from that, they're gonna have about two full weeks until they actually play the Buffalo Bills in Orchard park in in week one. So we'll have time to do a roster prediction show and all that stuff. So ultimately, we'll have time for all that. In the meantime, though, we're not I'm not doing that. That was when I saw that list come out, and I looked at my list, I was like, gosh, Jeff, you look like a freaking buffoon. I mean you're supposed to be like a guy that knows this team and maybe I don't know this team as well as I thought. I, I, I think I have a good grasp on the players that play a lot. Maybe the fringe players, not so much. I know Dave and I did a, a predicting the 53-man roster article for the website, and he projected the the practice squad, and I was like, 16 players? Like I, I'm not doing this. I don't know enough about these fr- like Pete Guerrero. What, what do I know about Pete Guerrero? I mean, he played in one preseason game, And I'm going to project this kid to the practice squad. I don't know. I'm not, no, I don't know that, you know, or uh, I'm trying to even think of some of these other guys. It's insane. It's insane. Anyways, that's neither here nor there. Let's get to what you really want to came, what you came here for. And that was probably the winners and losers list. So what I ended up with, and this was tough. You know, I, I had a list of winners and I had three losers. Uh, let's see. I had one, two, three, four, five winners and three losers. And you're probably thinking, Jeff, my gosh, they played pretty well. I'm only five winners and, and three losers when they, they look as good as they did at times. got to remember. This game was different, and on the post-game podcast, which you haven't listened to that, go and check it out. Myself, Brian Anthony Davis, Dave Schofield, we break down the game, we look at the numbers, we go through the box score, we talk about offense in part one, defense in part two, and special teams as well. And when we gave out game balls, we were kind of like, oh, okay, well, on offense it's kind of obvious, but defense is like, well... I guess we could do it with this guy. It was kind of just a very mundane game in a lot of ways. So uh, let's take a look at this. Winners first. Number one on the list. You you heard it here first. Yeah, right. Stat line 8 of 10, 137 yards, 13.7 average, two touchdowns, no interceptions, was not sacked once with a 158.3 rating, passer rating. That's a perfect passer rating, by the way, folks. And that quarterback would be none other than Benjamin Todd Roethlisberger, as we call him on the preview, the Steelers preview, BTR. Ben Roethlisberger is a winner for a lot of reasons. No one really knew what to expect from Roethlisberger coming into this season. It's it's not because of his age, or at least for me, it wasn't because of his age. It wasn't because of his arm. At least for me, it wasn't because of his arm. It was all about Matt Canada's system. How is Ben going to handle being under center more with the motions, the shifts, um, all this different stuff? He seemed to be acclimated. I will say that it looked like Canada didn't run as much of that stuff with Ben under center as he did with others, uh, and that's fine. We saw the 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 Steelers take a very balanced approach. I know that the numbers, when you look at the overall rushing and and passing yards, look very skewed to the passing. But really, you think about the chunk plays that were made; they were all through the air. And the big pass to Deontay Johnson, I believe that was a forty six yard pass. Uh, You had the, or that might have been forty three or forty five. I know the forty six yarder to Najee Harris, which was a catch and run. that, That definitely changes the dynamic of the overall yards. But I thought Ben Roethlisberger played a great game. Uh, my gosh, I mean, eight of 10 for 137. It, 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 this is three drives. He didn't even play a full quarter, I don't think. Maybe he did. I'd have to go back and check, but still, in, in limited time, tremendous stuff from Ben Roethlisberger. Second winner, Pat Fryermuth. Okay, two receptions, 19 yards, nine and a half average. He had two touchdowns, an 11-yard long reception with three targets. This is a player I've had on the players to watch list, offensive players to watch list now. I wanted to see some of the stuff that, we are hearing about in training camp. That's something the whole time at training camp, I was like, oh, boy, watch out for Friar Meath. This kid's going to be good. He He's making all these catches. We heard about coming into the draft or once the Steelers pulled the trigger with him in the second round from Penn State. It was Well, when he was in Penn State, every single pass was thrown to him in the red zone he caught. And you're thinking, okay, I can't wait to see some of this stuff. This is going to be great. It's going to be great to see this in Pittsburgh. We finally got to see it. Finally, got to see it. two great catches by Fryermuth. He and Roethlisberger, and it was Roethlisberger, not anyone else, that kind of compared him to an old tight end that used to play for Pittsburgh, number eighty-three. He's talking about Heath Miller. That is for Pittsburgh. When you're talking about tight ends, if you get compared to Heath Miller, that that's a tip of the cap. That's a very that's much respect. So Pat Fryermuth should hear that, and he should uh, you know really. Run with that. And I I did find this interesting about Pat Frymuth. I didn't know this. The Vance McDonald was buddies with Ben Roethlisberger. His family, his the wives were were friends. They I think they did a Bible study together. Their lockers were next to each other. Well, obviously Vance McDonald retires. They draft Pat Frymuth. Pat Frymuth's locker, right next to Big Ben's. I don't know. I don't know. But it's it's a good sign. Good start for the rookie out of uh, Penn State. Next winter, another rookie. His stat line, this is a long one, two catches, 53 yards, 26.5 average of 46 yard long on three targets, four carries, 10 yards, two and a half yard average and eight yard long. That would be none other than the former Alabama Crimson Tide running back Najee Harris, the team's first round pick in the 2021 NFL draft. I have him as a winner because he is a playmaker. He is the definition of a playmaker. I said this in the post game show. I'll repeat it here. Every time he touches the football, you get the feeling like something exciting is going to happen. He is a player that can make a two-yard gain, make you sit up in your seat because, whoa, well, he might break it. Well, he might go the distance. That's the type of player Najee Harris is, and he, the Steelers have not had this type of player probably since Le'Veon Bell played. And he's different than Le'Veon Bell. They are similar in style. They are similar. I I don't even know about style. Let let me me take that back. They are similar in size. They are similar with speed. Uh, But they are not necessarily, when you think about a stylistic approach, not necessarily the same. Najee Harris, he's not the route runner that Bell was. He has good hands. He can definitely work in space. I feel like Najee Harris is a better runner in between the tackles. He's tougher to bring down than Bell. Uh, Bell was that patient, wait, 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 find your hole, go. Uh, But still, Najee Harris, he's going to be his own player. He's not trying to be compared to Le'Veon Bell, and he looks like a playmaker. And that's what the Steelers needed at the running back position. Nothing against James Conner or anyone else. That's what they needed at the running back position. The next winner might cause some people some pause. Okay, that might cause them some pause. And that's Another quarterback, 13 of 18, 138 yards, 7.7-yard average, no touchdowns, no interceptions, was not sacked, 94.2 rating. That's none other than Mason Rudolph. I put Mason Rudolph on the winner's list because outside of one throw, the one throw that should have been intercepted, and if he would have been intercepted, he would not have been on the winner's list, but it wasn't. So Mason Rudolph had one bad throw. I thought that he he played a lot. They gave him every opportunity, and I thought he looked very calm, poised, composed in the pocket. It was really good to see Mason Rudolph look the part. We'll put it that way. It was good to see him look the part. Mason Rudolph is the type of guy that you just don't know what you're going to get. But throughout this preseason, I have noticed that you're going to get, there is a standard with Mason Rudolph. Sadly, that standard right now is not scoring touchdowns, but moving the ball, he has been able to do. And typically, he's playing against the opposition's best players. Now, maybe not Maybe not Saturday night, because Ben Rothsberger did play three drives, but still, he's getting a good look from a good defense, and that's something Dwayne Haskins can't say. No fault of his own, but that's not something Dwayne Haskins can say. So for me, I have Mason Rudolph on the winner's list. I'd love to see him. Get in the end zone and finish these drives. Uh, But he said it after the game, and I agree with him. Hopefully the coaching staff is able to evaluate the tape outside of the way that the drives end. I think he's looking good. I think he has solidified the quarterback two position with the Steelers. So I have Mason Rudolph on the winner's list. A lot of people would disagree, and that's fine. You have every right to have your own opinions about this stuff. And the last winner is the offensive line. Throughout the entire game, four quarters, all the backups and reserves playing. Only one sack was surrendered. That was to Dwayne Haskins. They had 300, not the offensive line, but they helped create 323 yards passing, 78 yards rushing, and 20 first half points. It was a great look from the offensive line. Uh, There were some issues. It was not perfect but I think the offensive line played well enough both in pass protection and in run blocking that they deserve to be mentioned on the winner's list. Let's go down to the losers, and again, just like with Mason Rudolph being on the winner's list, some people might have a big beef with me for putting this guy on the loser's list, and that's Eric Ebron, because Eric Ebron actually had a pretty good game receiving. Eric Ebron led the Steelers in receiving four catches, 59 yards, 14.8 average with a 27-yard long on six targets, but here's the thing. The one knock on this guy all off season has been his ability to hold on to the football. Ben Roethlisberger on that first drive, so the first series that he's out there again. Jukes a core for a false start, so now it's first and fifteen. I believe he completes a pass either James Washington or Deontay Johnson, and it's a minimal gain of like four, three or four yards. They might gain a few on the next. Uh, play and on third down ben is i'm talking vintage 2008 ben he scrambles left eludes pressure moves to his right throws has eric ebron hits him right between the eight and the five and he drops it and he drops it and that one brutal drop and that's brutal to me it's your opening series drive if you catch the ball it moves the chains it's a big play here we go you're having some momentum instead the drop the field the the Presley Harvin and the punt team come on and you have a quick exit we have seen that way too many times under Randy Feetner and in this case it's not Matt Canada's fault catch the football catch the ball It seems like Deontay Johnson has gotten the drops out of his system. I don't know what Eric Ebron needs to do, but I really hope he gets it out of his system or else that Pat Fryermuth kid might be seeing more snaps. I don't want to hear about Eric Ebron catching all those passes from Mason Rudolph against Scrubs from the Detroit Lions. I don't want to hear it. Catch the ball when it matters. That's my thing. Sorry about that. He's on the loser list. The next loser, the fourth quarter defense. Why? They gave up 20 points. Not to mention, I'm not going to put this on the defense, but I guess you can slide special teams in there. Giving up a, an onside kick is Bush League, amongst all Bush League things you can do. Just horrible. I, I, the penalties were bad. We'll get into that in a second. But ultimately, I thought the fourth quarter defense was atrocious. Letting Detroit even coming, thinking they can come back in that game should never have happened. And the last loser is Shakur Brown. I like Shakur Brown. I hope Shakur Brown stays. I hope that Shakur Brown finds a spot on special teams because he's really good there. He he is so fast and such a dominant like gunner that he's causing holding penalties and things of that nature. But he had two huge penalties in the fourth quarter that extended drives, and that just can't happen when you're talking about being a successful football team. So those are my three losers to recap. My winners – where Ben Roethlisberger, Pat Fryermuth, Najee Harris, Mason Rudolph in the offensive line, the losers, Eric Ebron, the fourth quarter defense, and Shakur Brown. All right, I'm running out of time, but I'm going to try to get this in anyways. So the other day, Brian Anthony Davis posted a video. Actually, I think it was uh, Sunday. posted a video on our Slack channel, and it was of an altercation that took place in the Heinz Field stands. It was a woman slapped a man. The man then almost... He, he restrained himself and almost, he looked like he wanted to throw a punch at the woman. Instead, he didn't. But the, the woman's significant other uh, came in to try to stop and defuse the situation and then punches are thrown. Listen, people, if you can't control yourself, and I'm not speaking about one party or the other. If you can't control yourself, whether it's The libations you are putting in your body, so how much alcohol you are drinking, or whether you can't control the fact that of a temper, like the temper that you have, maybe, just maybe, you shouldn't be going to the game. If you, and and trust me, I've been to places where, you know, the Steelers are the visiting team. If you don't have the thick skin to be able to withstand some heckling, don't go to a game, especially if you don't root for the team that is at home. So in this case, Heinz Field, if you're not a Steelers fan and you don't want to hear about, hear it from Yenzers and these Pittsburgh Steelers fans, and guess what? Stay home. Okay. Also, if you're someone that is doing that heckling, Holy cow, at what point did it become that big of a deal? The fact that this, one of the guys looked like he was knocked out cold at one point. The fact that it got that far and it got that physical, gosh, people, it is a game. It is just a game. It's like the people that put their fists through the wall or kicked down a door or smashed their television set. I used to be that guy. I told that story about me trying to rip my mailbox cover off in the middle of January. I almost ripped my mailbox out of the ground. And it was that moment that I said, what am I doing? What are these people doing? Let's let's keep things in perspective, okay? It is just a game. And whether they were arguing about the game or something else, it's okay to walk away. Keep that in mind. It's okay to say, okay, you're being loud and obnoxious. I'm just going to walk away. A preseason game. I'll go sit somewhere else. I'll go find an open seat somewhere. I don't care if it's the upper deck. I'm just going to leave. There's nothing wrong with that, folks. Let's keep that in mind. If you're heading out to a game, and I know it's been a while for a lot of people since they've been in that setting, and maybe you're just so excited or ramped up. I don't know. I don't know what led up to that. You just saw the finished product, which was not pretty, by the way. Keep things in perspective. Enjoy the game. Let others around you enjoy the game. Root hard for the Pittsburgh Steelers, not against the other team, and just enjoy yourselves just enjoy yourselves. Enjoy the game. All right. That's it for me, folks. Thank you for listening and making this Monday, my podcast, part of your Monday. Remember, I'll be back on Wednesday and Friday for another episode of Let's Ride. Remember, BehindTheSteelCurtain.com behind the should be your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. As, as well, follow our podcast platform wherever you get your podcasts. Search Steelers or, or BehindTheSteelCurtain. Subscribe and follow. Do whatever you have to do so that you do not miss a thing. All right, you know, we finished out here, folks. Be safe, be kind, and God bless. Have a great day. Have a great week. I'll see you back here on Wednesday. Go off.
0: It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash.
2: No purchase necessary. VGW Group. where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring.
0: A laundry? <sighs> Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh?
2: Ah, <sighs> oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. Chumba <laughs> Casino.